0: Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Steuer, and I'm the host of The Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Eden Foods, the most trusted name in certified organic clean food. When you shop online at EdenFoods.com, enter the coupon code ORGVIEW to receive 20% off any regularly priced items, excluding cases. For other promotional offers, please visit the website. And don't forget to check out our contest section. On today's show, Tom and I have two very important topics, and hopefully we'll have time to discuss a few others. The first is news regarding the impact of pesticide use and children in Kern County, California, and the second is why EPA removed a report about glyphosate. First, I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, Colorado beekeeper Tom Thibault. Hello, Tom. Hello, June. How are things in, Cal- in I almost said Colorado, uh, I almost said California. How are things going in Colorado?
1: Well, uh, it's been a busy period. We've had a wonderful dandelion bloom, and uh, it'll be coming to a close, oh, in another week or 10 days. It doesn't mean that there won't be any dandelions, but that spring flush of bloom will be passed. And the bees have capitalized on it very nicely. So we're off to a good start, I think.
0: Thanks, Tom. The first topic is in regards to a report that was put out by Pesticide Action Network in regards to the use of pesticides and the impact on children in Kern County, California. This is something that is no surprise to us, but has been a very big eye-opener for many people, especially for residents of that area.
1: This is an old, old story. And I was, as I read this, I was thinking about conversations that I had and and documents that were exchanged between myself and Dr. Bill Wilson. Dr. Wilson was the director of the uh, ARSB lab in Laramie, Wyoming at the time. And they specialized on pet- pesticide issues. They were very active during the years that we had so many problems with encapsulated parathion pencap m and uh, i remember at the time and this would have been probably oh 1993 94 dr wilson sent me some articles that outlined the same kinds of concerns in california with children and their exposure to pesticides and here we are again and uh, If history is our guide, we'll get more excuses and more delays and more evasions, and uh, the children and everybody else being exposed to this chemical soup will suffer.
0: This is something that has been circulated by a number of people. Al Shabakov wrote a book called Poison for Profit, The Toxic Assault on Our Children, and this book was published a couple of years back. But it just goes to prove the point that children are really being subjected to so many different chemicals. And once again, industry just keeps selling these chemicals, which are toxic, not only to the bees, but to human health. And as you and I have said many, many times, Tom, it's going to get to the point where so many people have to die before action has been taken, and that's the sad point.
1: Well, I think we're at that point. I think the uh, the evidence coming from the medical community is growing daily, and uh, we have to address these problems. Children are much more vulnerable because they're in the formative years, and we're seeing assaults on the children even before they're born. We're finding that some of these chemicals – past the placental barrier, there's great concern about what effect they may be having on developing fetuses. We have to make some changes here.
0: Once again, this is yet another focal piece on what's going on with the amount of pesticides that are being dumped into the environment.
1: Well, you know, we might ask the listeners if they were confronted with some problem today and the solution was that they move how disruptive would that be to their lives? I mean, it's easy to relate. You can't just move whenever you have a problem.
0: No, you can't. Some of the local news in California is reporting about this very subject, and they're saying that the people want to know when these pesticides are going to be applied because they're being applied at times when kids are at school. And Once again, we're seeing this with the commercial beekeepers, where when the beekeepers are out in the fields with their bees, they don't stand a chance. So the communication has to flow. If they're going to continue to use these chemicals, you would think that they would at least try to increase the communications between the parties.
1: Yes. I agree, I, I don't. I think we're making some progress, but the progress has to be made by reducing the amount of chemical exposure. We can't just warn the children to duck and cover, to get under their desks because the spray plane is coming by. and that's basically the philosophy. The assumption is that that we should accept this chemical pollution of our world as a given.
0: But that's how it's been. Look at the old video clips of DDT, how it was applied while children were eating their lunch, and they would just come by and, and dust them. When you take a look at some of these video clips, it's horrific. I can,
1: and th- can remember as a child when they would come through the neighborhood with a, usually a, an army jeep with some kind of pump on the back, and they would fog the neighborhood for mosquitoes, and we would run through it. And uh, there was no great caution given to us.
0: Well, they're doing the same thing with West Nile virus and now with Zika virus, who knows what they're going to do. And actually, there have been, in the news, there have been some issues where hobbyist beekeepers are concerned that neighbors that are rightfully concerned about Zika virus are spraying at any given moment. And they have no no defense as far as to be able to do anything to protect their hives.
1: We went through this with West Nile, and, and in fact we've had difficulties with mosquito spraying for as long as I've been a beekeeper. And there's been some progress made. There are ways to control for mosquitoes that have far less impact than just using heavy chemicals. But there has to be a thought process here. A lot of times for smaller municipalities where they don't have the expertise and they don't have a great deal of time to do the investigation, they use what's on hand. And in many cases, that may be far more toxic than necessary. Um, There are ways to control the mosquitoes that can reduce the impact on the bees, Um, but the beekeepers and, and the citizens have to be active in the discussions before the spraying commences.
0: And that's not the case. It's not the case when they do any spraying.
1: Well, you know, we bear some responsibility here because the beekeepers may not know of the problem or complain about the problem until their bees are dead. And it's already a year too late. They should have been involved in the decision making a year before that that ever happened.
0: Well, what we want is more communication. If they are going to subject people to these chemicals, people need to know what their rights are, and people also need to know, okay, well, what can we do? I know for people that are very concerned about their children playing on playgrounds or different properties where these pesticides are being used, the parents should know, and they're not being informed, and that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. But we've been asking for this communication for how many years now?
1: Long, long time. my lifetime.
0: The next topic is... A little disturbing. According to Reuters, in an article that's dated Monday, May 2nd, EPA takes offline report that says glyphosate not likely carcinogenic. Wow. That is really something. What do you think going on here, Tom?
1: It's interesting. Um, these are very serious subjects, but you can't help but have the vision of the EPA running around, bumping into themselves. Among other things, this is an embarrassment. They, uh, last Friday, they published uh, a report, marked final, that concluded that uh, glyphosate was not implicated in cancer. Well, by Monday morning, they were receiving criticism for Their position, which is contrary to the World Health Organization and the extensive research that they've done on the connection between glyphosate and cancer. So Monday they began to get uh, criticism that they'd relied totally on information supplied by Monsanto, which is the manufacturer of glyphosate. By Monday afternoon, they pulled their paper. And they not only pulled that paper, but they pulled 13 other papers as well, among which were uh, three summaries of meetings that they had last year with uh, Monsanto executives, EPA and Monsanto. They pulled that. I don't know what it said. Uh, Early risk assessments on glyphosate on milkweed, which is implicated in the monarch declines, and... uh, a report that discussed label changes on some of Monsanto's products. This is really an embarrassment. We have an agency here that uh, I don't know what to say. I I don't know what to say. Well,
0: it's just interesting. Well, Tom, if you think about what just happened in not only Germany but in France. In Germany, what was it? The ninety-nine percent of the entire population in Germany has glyphosate in their blood. Yes. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's, it is an embarrassment because the thing is is that the EPA should be on top of all these things, and they're not. Well,
1: we have an agency that's uh, assigned to deal with monumental societal issues, and it looks like we're getting the Keystone Cops. I mean, it's, it's, if it weren't so serious, it would be comical.
0: Well, I think what is more disturbing is the fact that the people in this country have have spoken up time and time again about the fact that they don't want these pesticides. They don't want the GMOs. They don't want all these products that are being forced upon them, and yet the agency that has been assigned to protect the people and the environment is once again asleep at the helm. We've said it time and time again. What are they doing? The fact that they took down the report and their documents because their, quote, unquote, assessment is not final, um, that's not really an answer.
1: But the report was marked final. I mean, it was clear that that this was to be the final report. We're just getting a lot of wordsmithing here. Um,
0: Because it's wrong.
1: But The people don't have a voice here. We're all under the misassumption that we have an agency that operates properly, and all we have to do is enlighten them, and they'll see the light, and they will change their decisions and change their conduct. That's not the case. They're, at least in the pesticide arena, and I I can't speak to other aspects of the EPA's responsibilities, but at least in the pesticide arena, they appear to be under complete control of the industries that they're supposed to be overseeing. The people have no voice here, and the sooner they recognize that and respond accordingly, the sooner we'll see some changes in agencies like the EPA.
0: I guess the next question that we should have for the EPA is for them to define the word final, because if their final cancer assessment document was supposed to be the final one at how many times are they going to revise it?
1: They'll revise it as many times as they have to. We'll get the runaround indefinitely if they can get away with it. These products are still being marketed. The longer they can keep this, all these balls in the air and these controversies going while these products are continued to be marketed is to the benefit of the chemical industry. The EPA simply is not doing its job, but I, I think the legitimate question is who's in charge here? Who's overseeing the EPA? Who's calling the EPA to account? Where is Congress? This is a gross mismanagement of a very essential part of a healthy society. Where is Congress?
0: That's a very good question, but unfortunately Congress is nowhere to be found, as usual. On a more local note, in Colorado you have some interesting stuff going on.
1: We've gone through a a bloodletting over genetically modified crops and whether or not they should be allowed on citizen-owned land. We have about 17,000 acres of citizen-owned farmland. And uh, certainly the bees have been an essential part of that. And the county is reaching out, I think, to the beekeepers and has proposed uh, some test plots of native flowers citizen involvement to <clears throat> do hand weeding seed uh, spreading out seed and monitoring the insect community that comes to these flowers could be very valuable information and and something that we can apply in the future but the next step will be to do this on a broader scale to do habitat improvement, and there are some serious questions about whether we can do habitat improvement or not, and it revolves around the question of to what degree the land has been poisoned with these, primarily with the neonicotinoids, with but with many other long-lasting pesticides as well. The cons-
0: Tom, do you do you know if they Tom do you know if they have tested the soil or tested the water be, at, at all? I think they've
1: done some soil testing. I don't know that they've done any water testing at the county level. The question is, how are those tests conducted? Neonicotinoids are often difficult to find. The level of detection that a laboratory operates under will, will determine on whether they find traces or not. And with the neonicotinoids in particular, it appears that there is no safe dose. So even if the levels are below the general level of detection, we could be creating a greater hazard with habitat improvement if we don't know what we're dealing with. So it's it's a positive effort on the part of the county the question is whether we are going to get the cart ahead of the horse because we need to ha- we need to do our homework before we uh, go much further
0: well i would think that if they're going to do an experiment of this nature that they would test the water they would test the ground even test the air quality i mean you look at how they do things in europe and it's embarrassing we're this is america and we're taking the lead from other people
1: Well, I posed posed those questions to the lady who's coordinating this effort this morning, and she's going to look into it and get back with me. And and I think this is a project that we can work cooperatively on, and I think it has some real promise. I just think we need to do some of the basic uh, homework as well.
0: It will be interesting to see what they find and what their conclusions are. Yes. Well, we'll see how things go as things progress. Tom, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show today, once again, to be continued.
1: Well, uh, it's been a very interesting and challenging uh, series of dilemmas. And thank you, June, for providing an opportunity for us to speak. And, And thanks to the listeners for tuning in. We need everybody's help, and people need to become more involved. So thank you to the listeners for listening.
0: Folks, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please visit us on YouTube at The Organic View. Just Google The Organic View and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We often put out stuff that we don't air on the radio show, and we have a number of other interviews that are out there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with The Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.